Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This what day is it? It is Wednesday, Berm. What does that mean, Bill? Woody Wednesday. Woody Wednesday. Nice. On Snap Judgments. Brought to you by the podcast on OhioState.Rivals.com. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. A uh, handful of Buckeyes updating us on the progress of their preparation for Saturday against Indiana at noon. Uh, Berm, you go first. What did you learn this evening? This is not about like Ohio State in general, but we got about 15 minutes of Marvin Harrison Jr. tonight, who just seems like such a different person than he was back in high school in a year ago that I just think it's awesome. And I mentioned this to Bill before we did this, but like, I think it's one of the things we sometimes forget when we cover this team and this program is that a lot of these kids are just starting to figure out like who they are in life and, and watching him become like this confident, self-assured person is really cool. And you see it translate to the field and he just, he just is so confident in who he is and what he's doing now that I think that's only really bad news for everyone he plays <laughs> the rest of this season and next. I asked him specifically because he was talking about his goal is to just get better. Like, what do you have to do to get better? And he said the one thing he's working on is yards after the catch because he said, you know, he always catches the ball. That's not a complaint, but he's like, I need to get better this way. So if you're looking for something about Marvin to nitpick, he's giving you something. Then after uh, you and I both talked to him, and uh, spoiler alert or teaser, he's going to be on uh, Freaky Friday with an interview. Uh, he and I chatted for a couple minutes, and then he had to sprint back across the field to go to his Wednesday night date with the Monarch Machine. Yeah. True love at its finest. Find, find anything in your life that, Marvin Har- like, that loves you as much as Marvin Harrison loves the Monarch. They need to get a room. <laughs> they, have, they do. It's, 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 it's this is this is yeah. the bedroom. This is where the magic happens. We need some time apart. Spend too much time together, it gets bad. Yeah. Um, okay, Marvin Harrison. What was your number one takeaway? <clears throat> uh, Luke Whippler said here on Wednesday evening that uh, they had some extra short yardage periods during practice tonight. Uh, he said they had three. I said, is that out of the ordinary? He said, usually they have one. Sometimes they'll do two. Uh, it is a major point of emphasis for, for that offensive line this week. Um, I'm not sure how much it might come to the forefront against Indiana. Uh, I think, judging by the vibe of C.J. Stroud, I think they're expecting to throw it around the yard on, on Saturday afternoon. Chucking it around the yard. That's right. But uh, this is a long-term deal for the offensive line. Uh, and Luke Lipper said they're taking it uh, pretty seriously this week and, and trying to get it right. And C.J. Stroud even talked about it a little bit, too. He said Paris Johnson and DeWan Jones in particular have been um, pretty vocal about trying to get that right. So uh, they hear the, the criticisms. They know they need to get better. To piggyback off that, if I can, when we walked in, there was about a five-minute stretch where Justin Fry was talking with Matthew Jones just solo. And that conversation looked animated and very, like, to the point. There were a lot of hands involved. I, I think that it's clear that they're starting to feel that pressure uh, up front. Yeah, and I, I, they didn't give away any secrets there. But I wonder, do all three of those periods have to be about running the ball on third and fourth down and short? Because that's not really when Ohio State's at its best. But <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, just it's cultivating a mindset. A mindset. Okay. Um, interesting stuff. I, I was uh, taken by C.J. Stroud's mindset. Um, he, he gets so many questions that can be a distraction from what he's actually trying to do. And I'm, I marvel at the way that he handles it and the focus that he keeps. Um, he, there's no world where C.J. Stroud should have to be keeping tabs on Hendon Hooker's uh, stats or... <laughs> 
gambling odds for if he can or can't win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, It's crazy that I think he has to be, or that he's asked about it, but his answers are always well thought out and articulate, and uh, I'm much more interested when he talks about what he's seeing and why he kept on fourth and one. Um, Bill, I think you went to go talk to Luke Whipler at this moment. You know, we had talked about the hang player and how that impacted later on. He said, well, you know, that, that guy wasn't really who I thought missed an assignment. He said he saw the safety and he felt like the safety dove down in there. And that's why he kept it. That was the guy that he thought he needed to make miss. And he wasn't even there. Um, and he said, you know, in other situations that he is confident that he can either outrun them or make a guy miss. And so he's, he's saying a lot more things about his athleticism and ability to run the football and what they learned and how they felt after that was added into the offense on Saturday. Like, I don't, I think he's going to chuck it all over the yacht on Saturday, but, uh, they know that if it comes to November 26th and, and CJ Stroud said in practice, he runs it way more than people realize, which, um, you know, we don't get to watch that, so we can't validate that for sure. But he is not lacking for confidence in his own athleticism or the run game if he has to be involved in it. And he shouldn't. I, I, I don't spend a lot of time watching or listening to Tennessee media's coverage of Hendon Hooker. I imagine the last couple of days was not entirely positive. I remember last year as Georgia fans were pretty ruthless in, in bashing um, uh, Stetson Bennett and, and because he was really bad at the start of the year. Uh, I can't wrap my mind around the criticisms of C.J. Stroud that exist. And I know that it happens part of the territory when you're the quarterback at Ohio State, but in his ability to take it and use it as internal motivation without like lashing out, I think is really impressive because it just seems like there's always something that people are nitpicking about him particularly that, I mean, Justin Fields didn't get that. I don't, Dwayne Haskins did didn't get that. Um, JT Barrett certainly got that, but he had a clear deficiency throwing the football. So it was a fair, probably, comment to make. But with CJ, like, it just seems like every week it's something else that he's not doing to the satisfaction of, of this fan base. And I just don't get it. Yeah, I think to be fair, I don't know if, I don't know if it's to the entire fair, fan base, but it is a, there's a vocal corner of it for sure that I think is, is hypercritical of CJ. Um, he handles it, I think, probably much better than he did last year, right? I think there were times last year where it felt like that was kind of getting to him. And, and I think he's pretty aware of it, even though like all these players say like they don't pay attention to that stuff. I think it's almost impossible to avoid on some level, but I think CJ is doing a tremendous job of kind of compartmentalizing it and keeping the focus on what it needs to be on. I think part of that is like just his personality, the California cool thing that he doesn't really seem to let stuff face him. But I, you, if you're watching these games the last couple of weeks, especially, you see him run for a big play, uh, you know, the, the uh, last week against Northwestern multiple times. You saw the throw to Emeka Abuka in the fourth quarter against Penn State and mm-hmm. the emotion that he had after that. He had the emotion the same way after the fourth and one on Saturday. Like, you can tell he's trying to be a little bit more emotive on the field, I think. And I, I think the players have always responded to him that way, but it's cool to see him changing that up on the field too because you can tell like he he wants this like that was the question a year ago ryan day i i I know i bring this up a lot but ryan day after the um oregon game he said in a press conference that he had to ask cj if he really wanted this and like you know that he does you it in it it's it's evident so i just want people to support him that's my homer is uh opinion (laughs) what are you do you i i am 
probably reading too much into the way he was talking about his ability and willingness to run the ball. What what am I to make of that? Because I'm like, okay, like it's it's part of the deal now. Do you think that is overstating the situation? Uh sort of. Yeah. Because they don't need it to beat Indiana. Right. right? Yeah. And they're not gonna need it next week. I do think that the but goal- prior to last week, I would have said to myself, like, no, he's not going to run the gonna ball against Michigan because he doesn't do it. Yeah. I th- I think there's an element that it was going to happen this year. Like, CJ talked about it way too much in the offseason and how fast he was mm-hmm. for it to just be like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should try this. Like, I I think that there we've, – we've addressed this a lot in the last several weeks that, like, they're going to have to do things if games are tight that they may not want to show, that they may have been saving for November 26th. One of those was CJ running on Saturday. Not just a zone read, but you know the design stuff that we saw. There were at least two examples of that that come immediately to mind. That I don't feel like there's any way that they wanted to put that on film before then. Uh, you're not going to put him at risk against Indiana. You're not going to put him at risk against Maryland. You want to make sure that he's there, but if you're then in that situation where you know that it's the last four games of his career, you're going to empty the empty the buckets. Yeah, and I think at that point, that's where they were hoping to get. And CJ maybe gets frustrated thinking back to the Nebraska press conference last year where he's not a running back. Like they're telling him not to run, right? Use your arm, and he's a quarterback who also wants to use his arm. But when it comes to winning the game. If that takes 15 carries, he'll do it. I don't think that it should because there's so many other weapons on this team. But like, I think that that is a legitimate part of the conversation for the last week of the regular season and beyond. I, I think it's fair for him to take it personally when people tell him you're slow. Like they don't know if he is or not. He's definitely not. It, slow. We, He's a good athlete. His <laughs> first like splash play at Ohio State was a 49 yard touchdown run where he outran in the entire Michigan State defense mm-hmm. on a 35 degree day and he's lancing. Like he's not slow. He just isn't being asked to do it, and he doesn't want to do it, and they don't want him to do it. But as you said, like if it means that's the difference between winning and losing a game, then he's going to do it. So, but I don't, I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't want to do it. Well, I don't, I don't think it's his preference. Obviously, yeah. I think I think that he is probably glad he gets an opportunity or had an opportunity on Saturday <laughs> to go out there and show people, hey, if I decide to do this, it is a weapon in this offense, but it's not a weapon this offense needs to deploy. Yeah. I think it's good. I, I probably agree with you that they didn't want to do that against Northwestern. I think ultimately it will be good for CJ because I would, I don't know if I were him, if I want to be in a situation where the first time you start to do that stuff is on that kind of stage. Because there right. were times last year where, like, whether it was a scramble or like the two times he actually kept on a run, I just didn't think he looked very comfortable doing it because he never did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's a different animal when you're like, he says it runs in practice all the time. Well, no one can touch him in practice. <laughs> He's still it's, wearing a black jersey. It's different. It's different when yeah. you do it in a game and there's bodies flying around and everyone, the 11 on the other side, want to take your head off. Um, so I think it will be good for him to kind of get that experience after, against Northwestern because I agree that we, even if we don't see it the next two weeks, I think we will see it on November 26th. I think it's probably good that it's on tape now for Michigan's sake because now they're going to have to respect it if, in fact, Ohio State finds themselves in that position. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd like to surprise them, but at this point the surprise is lost, but you still yeah. have to plan for it. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be a Woody Wednesday without at least one injury update. Uh, I'm told – in strong terms, that Cameron Brown uh, expects to play on Saturday. I won't reveal who that source is, but uh, that person was uh, very confident that and feeling good about the practice performance the last two days. 
feeling much better. I'm sorry. I guess it was Canberra. I have another source who said that that, per- <laughs> that person believed he was going to play last week, but then was held out because of the field conditions. Uh, that source was also Canberra. Same, <laughs> same so, source? Yeah. So I guess we're, oh, we're outing wow. our sources. Wow. Uh, Woodward and Bernstein would never... <laughs> It lasted all of like 15 seconds. Yeah, dang we, it. We, I, we gave up. The, I'm so bad at giving Christmas presents because I was like, oh, did you did, guess what it is? And then like uh, after three minutes, we're going, guess what it is? I'm like, it's this. That's and, why he still hasn't, hasn't given me last then, year's Christmas present. That's so like, we can surprise It's like me. four weeks from Christmas. I'm like, yeah, this is what I got you. Well, it's been 11 months since Christmas. Yeah, I still don't have it. never getting anything. Wow. What'd you get him for Christmas? A Terry McLaurin RPA. Wow. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. I want it back now. <laughs> uh, <America>? So, <laughs> Cameron Brown, uh, expect him to play. Uh, still waiting to see, you know, what exactly will transpire with uh, nagging footage, uh, foot injury for Travion Henderson. Um, anything else that you guys are on alert for on a Woody Wednesday? No, I mean, I, I thought that the mood in here tonight was pretty serious. I mean, I, I don't think that there was a lot. This group of players that we got to talk to tonight included like Mason Arnold and Jesse Murko and a lot of very niche things for stories that Pally people were trying Ote, to write. Ote. Mm-hmm. Ote, um, uh, Ronnie Hickman, it, it was not a group that we were going to get a lot of really juicy tidbits from, but it, it just seems like a group that understands the assignment at this point, and uh, I think that they're all pretty annoyed with the way the last couple weeks have gone. So feels like they're going to let one loose this weekend if I had to, <laughs> if I had to find, <laughs> find a way to describe it. Uh, yeah. That's probably the best description <laughs> that anyone could ever come up with. <laughs> And I think more people should use that <laughs> as their way of expressing that feeling. If you were going to do it, out in the wind in Northwestern was the perfect place. Yeah, because, you know, it just dissipates. <laughs> yeah, there's no chance that anybody you know, would know. We can, I don't want to keep bringing up the Northwestern game, but Mark okay. Harrison was talking pretty extensively about how just bizarre yeah. that was. And, like, the receivers just had no idea where the ball was going to go at any given moment. So, just like... I don't feel like we should have to try to compel people to believe that it was like a weird day and wasn't just typical Midwest weather in November, but it was a really freaking weird day and it wasn't typical Midwest weather in November. I think that it didn't get enough attention. Like there were a lot of jokes about it. I've seen from national media saying that Ohio State shouldn't get a pass for it for the bad weather. Like the problem with it was that the wind did not show up on the television broadcast. Like if, if you have sideways rain, you have puddles, you have snow drifts on the ground. People are like, Oh my gosh, look at these horrible elements. You couldn't just flip on the Ohio state Northwestern game. If you were, you know, channel surfing and be like, why is, why is everybody complaining about the weather there? It looks fine. It wasn't. Um, wind is difficult to see on TV. Yeah. And and the fact that I just learned. CJ Stroud said it uh, tonight after he was done with the media, we were, you know, had a moment and he's, Said like last year in Ann Arbor, he had no problem throwing the ball despite the fact that it was windy and, and snowy, and threw for four hundred and seventy some yards. Yeah, Michigan so, State too this year. So like I think he's being honest in that uh, assertion. What we're dealt with on Saturday was not normal. So yeah, he said a couple like a couple of them of the misses felt really good and like yeah appropriate touch off of his hand, and then like just took off. Yeah, and got caught up in the jet stream. The one to Julian was uh, the deep throw down the left sideline was the one that he was most baffled by. I don't think that's going to be the case on Saturday in the horseshoe. Sure won't be. We'll find you out. Know why? Why is that? Because Ohio State has a college football stadium. Oh, yeah. That right. Even if it is windy, it's not going to be that windy on the field because it has stands that extend above four rows. Oh, that makes designed sense. Designed for a high school team. Mm. Oh, that's mm. right. We were at a middle school. Will there be pregame stadium. music? 
there will be there will be a different song uh, the intro I'm not going to give away what it is but it, it's it's definitely oh um, when they walk in yeah yeah so like if you're on the is show, it what you thought it was going to be I, I'm not gonna is it Jesse's girl by Rick Springfield Bill <laughs> guessed it I think that's probably a good spot to end this huh. he's he's going to give his source up again <laughs> I think on the we should guess more songs <laughs> yeah America, is it, oh, is it oh, say you know by John Mayer you know what America. <laughs> Most of the time, for fans who are in the stadium for game days, they are not there when the team arrives. So there's like a, a intro song where they walk into the stadium, and that's how we on the field and always like, okay, it's time. Here's here they up. come. They're here. Or Pavlov's dogs. So like we're all trying to figure out like this weekend what is going to happen. <laughs> like when are you going to know when they're actually here? So that's what we're talking about. America, give us your thoughts for what Ohio State's entrance song into the stadium should be, and then I will make sure that it is not the choice. <laughs> Not that I have any power. You don't have that power? I, I wish I had that power. Yeah, that'd be cool my, if you did. My choice would be Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Which of these three choices would be the best Choose one? Choose one for Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Choose two for Say by John Mayer. And three for Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. <laughs> That's Bill Burm. I'm Austin. This has been Snap Judgments on the podcast. Uh, for a Woody Wednesday, a lot of content coming your way on Thursday. We at uh, Lightning Round with Ryan Day, uh, talking else, stuff at talking. eleven a.m. Lightning Round at one. The so. Daily will have uh, Zach Osterman of the Indy Star for a look at the reeling Hoosiers, and then uh, of course uh, more content coming your way at OhioState.Rivals.com as we get closer to Ohio State Indiana noon on Saturday. For these guys, we're out of here. See you tomorrow. <laughs>